Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Jennifer and the team at Harshman Services do an amazing job of helping businesses grow and become more successful and organized by using blog posts, search engine optimization, and email marketing to reach your clients. I'm so thankful for how Jennifer and her team have helped me become more successful in my business. And if you're a realtor out there, I know that you can often get stressed and want to work smarter, not harder. You need something that you can set and forget about. So check out what Jennifer has built at RealtorEmails.com. She has an amazing offer and affordable tools to help you become more successful in your business. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. On today's episode, I'm so excited to have Athena Brownson with us for our interview. So she is a realtor and a former professional skier. She is the daughter of a real estate developer and an interior designer. She was really drawn into real estate because of the interior design piece. Mm -hmm. She got her real estate license and was able to take that passion for interior design and put it to work in a meaningful way. She has an amazing eye for aesthetics that quickly gave her a leg up in her ability to get clients home sold <laughs> and helped build her reputation. Four years ago, she was recovering from a disc replacement surgery in her cervical spine, an injury that occurred while skiing professionally. She was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease and co-infections. So those diseases overtook her immune system, leaving her with countless autoimmune diseases and a long journey ahead when it came to treatment. And I'm sure there's so many lessons there as we jump into it. So at that point, she had been in real estate and had a thriving business and the skills necessary to succeed. So now she does that. But Athena was determined to not let the diagnosis stop her, despite being told by many in her position that it would be a long-term bed rest. So today with us, despite the numerous health challenges that she has faced, her business continues to grow year over year. And she's an amazing realtor in the Denver area and active and helpful to others. And so despite battling all these, you know, chronic fatigue and ongoing treatment, she is, you know, helping people there in Denver. And she's also gotten into flipping new construction, real estate investment. So you got a lot going on, right? <laughs> well, that was quite the introduction. And I really appreciate it. Um, I think you just encompassed so much in a really eloquent way. So thank you very much. And I'm just really happy to be here and have a little conversation with you about life. <laughs> I am pumped to have you here. And it's cool to hear a little bit about your journey. So I would love to, I mean, even before real estate, I'm I'm sure there's a ton from the skiing world, right? When people are skiing professionally or swimming, I think about like the Olympics, it's a ton of effort and energy and time every day. Tell us more about like what that journey was like as you skied professionally. Absolutely. So I had the good fortune of having two ski bums as parents. And when I say ski bums, I say that loosely. They were very successful 
very driven human beings. <laughs> um, as you mentioned, my dad was a developer building primarily residential in Breckenridge. And my mom did the interior design for his properties. But the reason that they were in Breckenridge was because they love to ski. So I like to think that it was probably in my genetics. I didn't really even have a choice whether I was going to love it or not. It was just in my genes. I learned how to ski when I was two. So pretty much when wow. I learned how to walk, I learned how to ski. I don't even know how that's possible, but I you know, I guess when you throw a little kid on on skis, they can they can pick it up pretty quickly. But skiing became my passion. And I look back at my years and years of skiing. I went professional when I was 15 years old. And when when I say professional in the world of skiing, that means you got your first sponsor. So I remember being in the Vermont Open um, and getting my first sponsor and just kind of soaking in that moment of, okay, this is what I'm going to be dedicating my life to. And this is what I have been dedicating my life to. And let's see where it takes me. And I always joke because I think as a real estate agent, you have to have a little bit of a psychosis in you. <laughs> you have to have that addictive personality, that need for competition in order to really thrive and be successful. Yep. And I think that a lot of times athletes tend to gravitate towards being real estate brokers and tend to thrive as real estate brokers because they they actually have more crossover than you would act, you would think right at the surface. And when I look back at the greatest lessons that mm. have formed me into the person and the broker that I am now, I look back at my skiing career. And I think a lot of that has to do with the ability to be coached. When I was a professional athlete, Love you know, it. and I yep. think this goes with any sport in general, you, you look to a coach to guide you and to steer you and to really um, kind of take a bird's eye view at what you're doing as an athlete and as a human, because it really, you know, it goes far beyond just what you're doing on the slopes. It's what are you eating? How many hours are you putting in at the gym? How are you taking care of your body? And I think you really need someone outside of yourself to take a look at what you're doing and say, you're doing really great at these items, but you could really use work on A, B, C, and D. And here's the best way to approach that. So first of all, I think athletics really translates well into business mm -hmm. with the art of being coached. So one of my biggest things that I'm, I've done the eight years that I've been a realtor is been in a coaching program. Um, I've Well, I've been in multiple coaching programs, but I fully believe that in order to be the best version of yourself um, as a human and in business, that you need someone that's looking over everything that you're doing and saying, you know, I think this is your blind spot. This is something you're missing. Maybe you're not diving into relationship as deeply as you want to be because you're, you know, running around like a crazy person as realtors tend to do. But I think we, we really need someone outside of ourselves to help us really pivot when we're falling short in certain areas. So that's the first big thing I took from skiing. I think the second item is I look back at my skiing career and sometimes I just scratch my head and I'm like, how did you do these things? Because there was yeah. so many moments where I, you know, 
hiking the mountain, for instance, when, you know, I didn't listen to my coach or when I didn't perform at my best, it was not, you know, the, the level of discipline and accountability that was required in order to be successful. You, you never questioned your coach. If you did something wrong, you needed to have the discipline to fix it and to, to rectify it, I would say. And I think that discipline translates really well again into business because it all comes down to repetition and it's what lessons am I learning from my prior mistakes? You talk a lot about in your podcast, the art of writing a story mm-hmm. and what is, you know, what character do you want to play in your story and what does that story look like? And I think, you know, no story goes the way that we think it's going to go and our ability to pivot and have the discipline and accountability to really push ourselves to the next level is so required. And I, I really believe skiing gave that to me. Um, So I always joke and I say that going to college was not where I learned how to be a good businesswoman. My background in athletics is what taught me how to be a great businesswoman. And in a million years, I never would have guessed that that would have been the case. When I was skiing, I thought that that was going to be, you know, what I did for the long haul. And that's silly because if you look at, you know, the average age that skiers retire, it's, it's early because we get hurt a lot. I mean, I was throwing myself off hundred foot jumps and doing insane tricks and expecting that it to go well every time. And of, of course it doesn't always go well. Um, <laughs> and again, with that, it's okay. How do you pivot when things don't go well? And honestly, that's been the greatest lesson throughout my business and my life in general. Like you said in your intro, I've I've come across some pretty big challenges and some adversity in my life with my health, with my career. And I think the biggest thing from that is how do you pivot when things aren't going your way? So everything I know about life, I think I learned from athletics and I'm sure that Mm -hmm. um, most athletes would agree with that. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's so cool. It's it's really cool to kind of hear more about your journey. It's so funny too, because as you talked about that, I'm a huge sports fan. I never had the athletic gifts, right? That like skiers or sport, anyone in sports, but you know, I'm a huge baseball fan and there's many baseball players that retire and go on to sell real estate. And I never, until you just said all this connected, you're right. The competitive nature, the Mm -hmm. dedication of sport to what we do in real estate. So, and you know, I I said this to you about how I have a community where I coach and train realtors. and, And one of the things I say to them a lot is you have to do this full time. If you really want to be successful, you got to, I see your face. So I know (laughs) you got to put in the time and the effort. So I'd like to take that back to skiing. So you're full time, you go pro, which is basically finding your first sponsor. You did that at 15. Okay. So that 15, 16, 17, you know, you're a kid, but how many hours a week are you skiing at this point? And even as you, you know, grew, how many hours? So my skiing career was completely all encompassing. And when I say that I, you know, I would go to the gym around usually 6am with my team, do what they would call like a warm up workout for about an hour and a half. 
And then I so would a go normal to... workout for most humans is a warm up for you guys, right? <laughs> exactly. That was our first workout for the day. Yep. And then I'd go, you know, if it was school in session, I would usually go to school for about three and a half, four hours. And then I would get out of school at 11 a.m. and go straight to the mountain and ski from 1130 to 430, which was usually pushing it onto the last chair. So that's another five hours. And then we'd head straight to dry land training, which was our real workout for the day, which was two hours. And by by the time that's done, you're getting home around seven o'clock and then it's time to, you know, get some homework done, eat and go to bed. So that was on a school day if it was not school in session. So I was skiing about 300 days a year. So we would follow winter wherever it went. So primarily that meant I was skiing in North America from about October to January or February. And then I would head to Switzerland or Germany, ski there for a month or two. And this would involve tutors coming with us to make sure that we weren't falling behind with education. But, you know, we were living full time in Europe at that point. We'd come back to North America, usually hit California's glaciers like Mammoth or Mount Hood's Glacier in um, Oregon, ski on the glaciers for a couple of months. And then it was time to head south of the border, the border, I say, the southern hemisphere, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from, the southern hemisphere. So mm-hmm. we'd ski in Chile or Argentina and then head to New Zealand. So I was skiing about 300 days a year. And that involved anywhere from about eight to 10 hours a day of training. And it was, you know, lap after lap after lap, as much as you could possibly get in and as hard as you could possibly go. And it was a lot of mental discipline. It was a lot of breaking through barriers in your own mind that you could keep doing and that you were capable of completing and um, succeeding at so much more than you think you are because I mean, every single day within that, there comes a point when you're like, I am so exhausted mentally, physically, Mm -hmm. emotionally. I don't know how I'm going to keep going. Like, I don't know how I can push myself any harder. And that doesn't always go well. I did have my fair share of injury as, as most athletes do, but it really teaches you that you can achieve so much more than what your mind initially tells you you can. And again, that lesson has been one of the most pivotal lessons that I have learned in being able to now survive through having really challenging chronic illnesses. In the last four years, as you mentioned, I have had a series of really significant diagnoses that would probably knock someone on their butt and put you on bed rest pretty easily. And I I really thank real estate, honestly, for the fact that I am thriving and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm up and, and I'm battling because I have a job that I love that gets me out of bed every single day. And that's the biggest gift I think I could have ever asked for in facing these challenges. But a lot of days it is, I don't know how I'm going to get out of bed or I don't know how I'm going to make it through all of my showings. And I go back to, okay, I know you're telling yourself that you might not be able to do this right now, but you can do this. And I think that is another huge lesson that I learned from skiing because you're, you know, when you're putting in 
a hundred hours a week on snow or in the gym, Mm -hmm. you don't want to keep going at a certain point. There's nothing, you know, no human really wants to push themselves that hard. I don't think, but you remember that you are capable of continuing forward. And it's in those moments that I think you can be the best version of yourself because you're training your mind that you can do hard things. And I think that's one of my biggest affirmations is I can do hard things. I can do hard things. And I think in life and in business and real estate, we're encountering challenges every day, Mm -hmm. whether it's a micro challenge, you know, maybe we didn't win an offer or we lost a client in skiing. It could be an injury. You know, I blew nine ACLs in my knees. So (laughs) I had my fair share of, of injury, but it's, when things don't go right, how are you going to react? And how are you going to pivot your story? Because the greatest lessons that we learn in life are from those pivots. And when, you know, you don't look back at your life and think about all of the things that went really well and the lessons you learned from them, you look back and you think of what challenges you overcame And what lessons you learned from those challenges. And it doesn't feel like it in the moment. I mean, when things are not going right, you know, it's frustrating for all of us. Again, whether that's a deal not going through or an injury or an illness, it's frustrating. And I think if we can remember in those moments that this is leading to something else, that this is forming us into the human that we need to be mm-hmm. that it really put it changes your perspective about the challenge that you're going through i think that's what skiing taught me sorry that was a really no. roundabout way guys i'm like we're not even close to done and i'm like three pages <laughs> deep in notes oh, good <laughs> no it's so I'm good glad. and i think it's a huge lesson right and that's why i asked about the time because 100 hours a week. Right. And so so I think for real estate and I saw you Mm -hmm. shaking your head like real estate is not a job where I sit (laughs) on the where I work part time, 10 or 15 hours a week. And then I just make one hundred thousand dollars a year. It's not now willing to put in the work and the effort. A hundred percent. And that's what I love about your journey with skiing. Yeah, that you 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 had to put in the effort. And I'm guessing you you 100. I saw your face. You 100 percent agree. Same thing in your real estate business. Oh, one of the best pieces of advice I got when I was a young agent was the incredible woman that got me into real estate. My dear friend, Charlotte Durham. She's one of the most successful brokers I've ever met. She's up in the Bozeman, Montana market. Currently, I remember going into the office one morning and this was my first year in real estate and I got there around nine. And later that day, I was packing up around like three or three thirty. And she, you know, she's one of my best friends, but she was really good at calling me out when I wasn't, (laughs) you know, when I wasn't doing what I should be doing, which I think, you know, a good friend will do. And and a good mentor. And she said, Athena, you're a brand new agent. You should be getting here every morning before everyone else and working far past when everyone leaves. You know, you need to be putting in 10 hour days. If you're going to be successful at this, you need to be working overtime. And I, Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that. I think that 
we talk about a, a lot about how many agents are not successful past two years in real estate and they yep. don't renew their licenses. Mm -hmm. And that's because you think of real estate as deals are just going to fall in your lap and it's a part-time job and yep. I'm just going to make all this money for sitting on my couch. And that could not be further from the truth. And I think, yeah. you know, that's where that, uh, competitive athleticism really comes into play, but you really have to train your mind. But if I'm going to be successful in this business, I'm going to be putting in 80 to hundred hours mm -hmm. a week, not just for a couple of years. I mean, you can get to a point in your business, I believe growing a team that you can work a 40 to 50 hour work week. Sure. But in order to get to that place, you're putting in 80 to hundred hour weeks that are difficult that, you know, realtors yeah. work seven days a week. We don't have mm -hmm. a day off. You're usually working eight o'clock at night, mm -hmm. nine o'clock at night sometimes. And that's really just what it takes to be successful in this business. And that can be a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> thousand percent, thousand percent. And I think what I do now having a successful business, one of the joys of where you're at, where I'm at, where successful realtors are at is, hey, guess what? If you want to go away for a week, like I went away with my family, you know, a couple of weeks ago and we went spent four days at the beach and I didn't work a ton. But guess what? When a text came in or a call came in, I still handled it. So maybe that day I only had to work for an hour. But if a, if, oh, we want to write an offer or something would have come. I would have had to do it. And I think, totally. you know, I, I was interacting with a realtor today before we got on. And this realtor two years ago said to me, well, you can never be full time in real estate. I tried it and it's not possible. And they're now. <laughs> yep. I love the thing. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> they're now probably going to, you know, leave real estate or go to. Yes, with an attitude like that, you cannot be successful. Mm -hmm. But guess what? I'm successful because there was no other option. You know, I yeah. often talk and I do this on the membership. I, there's there's three people I care about, my wife and our two kids. And mm -hmm. so, like, imagine this, my hand up here. This is my mm -hmm. plate. And so if I'm not working hard to put food on their plates, someone else will take that food. There are 1,500 realtors in my county. And so if you are not going to hustle, someone mm -hmm. will do it and someone will take that food from your family. And I get angry and get chills even thinking about it. So like realtors out there, like you have to be passionate about it. Uh, Athena, I love the, the skiing thing and like because there's so much there. A hundred hours a week, right? A hundred hours <laughs> exactly. a week. So like there was no like, oh, you know, no, I'm just going to like eat McDonald's and sit on the couch today. There wasn't. No. Yeah. there. You don't even have the time to have that thought. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. something that you just said sparked a thought in my head. And it's a book I'm reading right now called Atomic Habits. Yes. And it's such a good book. That's and good book. I was reading last night and it talks about identifying what your passions are in life. What are the things that really make you tick? And for me, that is relationships with people. I love working with humans. Mm -hmm. I love the home. I love design. I love every aspect of it. And I love competition. So what are the things that you like? How could you incorporate those into whatever realm of business you're going into? Or how can those kind of steer you into what business you want to go into? And then what are the habits that you need to have in place in order to reinforce success in these areas? And I think if you're not passionate about what you're doing, and if you don't have that internal love for real estate, for instance, 
you're not going to have the fire that keeps you pushing past your comfortability. You have to be okay getting to the place where you're uncomfortable and you might be exhausted and you might be frustrated on vacation that, you know, you're having to answer client calls or, Mm -hmm. or write an offer or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, if you don't have that intrinsic passion and love for what you're doing, I don't know that it's possible, no matter how many habits you put in place to be successful, I don't know that you're going to be able to push through those hard times. And I think that when you're identifying what you want to do in life and what kind of broker you want to be, even, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many different avenues in real estate to be successful. You know, you can specialize in so many different types of real estate. And I think if you don't take a step back and identify what it is that you're passionate about before you really dive in, that it's hard to put in those 100-hour weeks. And to me, that that clicked a lot last night when I was reading that mm-hmm. book because it's, okay, what am I passionate about and what are the habits that are going to support you know, my success in these passions and what greater gift in life could we ask for than having a job that we're passionate about? You know, we get one life here and there's, Mm -hmm. that's something I've having so many health issues. I never take for granted how lucky I am to have found a career that I love every aspect of. Sure. There are days that are challenging and that I'm not happy or that are, you know, hard. There's hard days in any career, but at the end of the day, you have the ability to form what you want your career to look like, what you want your story to look like. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that speaks volumes about the industry because it, you get what you put in. And if you're going to be sitting on the couch eating McDonald's and waiting for deals to fall in your lap, you're probably not going to get very far. If you're out there, you know, putting in 10 hour days, knocking on doors, calling people that you might not want to call, but, you know, building relationships with people, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know, you know, what opportunities are going to come from the habits that you're putting in place. I'm just so thankful for that. And I think that if you, you know, as a broker, break down what your passions are, and then figure out how you can incorporate them into your business, that that's where you'll find success. I love the atomic habits thing because so many realtors are not willing to like eat the frog and do the hard work. Like, okay, how do you, how do you grow a, you know, six figure real estate business? Well, guess what? You tell people that you're a realtor, you build relationships with people for months and months and months. You know, I have people that are like, oh, well, I post on social media and I'm like for a week. Like, no, no, no. Like you've got to, you got to. Consistency. Consistency. So I absolutely love your journey and your story. It's so cool. As we kind of get close to closing out our time, I would love to kind of hear. So take me back. Now, this could be four years ago after this replacement. This could be one of the nine ACLs. You tell us a time and then you're sitting across the table from that version of yourself that many years ago. What would be a piece of advice you would give yourself? I love this question so much. And Honestly, so many things come to mind. You're allowed to share a couple. It's fine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think one of the most formative moments in my life was definitely when I found out that I had Lyme disease. And I had so much 
terror almost. I was so afraid of what the future held because at that point I was at the, Mm -hmm. I was doing so well with real estate. I had just gotten to the, you know, I was at that like four and a half year mark where all of the hard work that I'd put in, you know, years one through three Mm -hmm. was really coming to fruition. And all I could think about was there goes my real estate career. Like I've, I've spent so much time building into this career that I love and now I'm going to lose it because I'm coming up with a huge health challenge. And I think I would have sat across from myself, given myself a big hug and just said, this is going to teach you how to be the best version of yourself. And it's not going to be easy. You know, nothing great in life comes from the easy moments it comes from challenging moments. And I I just would have reassured myself that everything was going to be okay. And that real estate was going to be honestly a life raft. And it was going to be something, you know, from the fact that I have so much support from my clients and my community and my brokerage. And I don't know another career where I would have that incredible of a support system while still being able to thrive in what I'm doing. So I just would have reassured myself that everything was going to be okay. And, and just every day to do the best I possibly could. And that, you know, that's going to look different every single day, but that's okay. So I think that's the most important moment. (laughs) Absolutely love that. And I think it's good advice for realtors because, and a lot of the realtors I talked to, like I said, before we started recording Mm -hmm. are newer realtors. And so maybe they haven't had like a chronic health condition, but we all have stuff, right? We all have crap. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I interviewed a realtor, George Avila, he's in Texas and he was telling me how they have five kids. And I'm like, that's nuts. How do you even handle that? And I think one of the where cool do things, you put them? <laughs> yes. But one of the cool yeah. things that he said was, you know, because I was like, I think it, it might have been on the episode. But at some point I said, like, wow, I, I feel stupid complaining because I think it's hard with two young kids under two and a half years old. And he was like, your heart is hard. My heart is hard. Right. Everyone has different hearts. So if you're a parent and you have one kid or 12, it's hard. <laughs> If you have awful, all these health conditions, it's hard. If you're a realtor and really it's just, hey, the finances piece and you haven't made money yet, it's hard, right? So I think life is hard, right? Life is not easy. Mm -hmm. And really, I think it's about we're all going to have adversity. How Mm -hmm. are you going to respond? And so I love that you, you know, that you've just kind of like taken it by the the bull by the horns and been like, nope, screw it. I'm absolutely not going to let this keep me down. I'm absolutely not going to like lay on a couch and feel sorry for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to impact people and help people and, you know, do that through real estate now. Yeah. I'm, I feel fortunate to be able to do that, but I, I will say, you know, it wasn't always that way. I did have moments where it was just, how am I going to get through this? And I think it is so important to remember that we all have different challenges and that no one's challenge is greater than someone else's we're all facing in different ways, hardships. And it's important to have that compassion and empathy, not only towards ourselves, but to others and understanding that, you know, we're all facing something. So let's support each other and let's support ourselves so that we can learn and get better and grow through these things. Because like you said, whether it's having 
two young children or five or a health issue or a Mm -hmm. issue with your spouse or life is hard and Mm -hmm. we need each other and we need to have those support systems and our own support systems to really be able to dig deep and get through anything that you set your mind to. And again, athletics. (laughs) Yeah, Very cool. So one more question and then we'll kind of, you know, close out and I'd love to hear how people yeah. can connect with you. Cause I know they're just going to love your, your story. So oh, thank you. Yeah, you are welcome. So this, uh, again, a lot of the people that listen are new realtors, maybe first year, first couple years. I shared with you about how someone's in my membership and they're not even 18 yet. They, they're not even a realtor. So cool. So you're talking to him or, you know, a 17 year old or an 18, you know, a new realtor hasn't done any deals or maybe they're struggling as the market starts to shift. What would be a piece of advice you would tell that realtor? Absolutely. So one of the most formative pieces of me being a successful agent early on in my career was finding a mentor. Um, I think the art of apprenticeship has kind of disappeared. And finding a mentor or a coach that right out the gate, you know, it might need to be just following an agent that is experienced, well-seasoned, and following everything they do, going on showings with Mm -hmm. them, doing open houses with them, watch them do market analysis, watch them schedule showings, just how they interact with clients. You know, that's free. Watching someone like run their business is completely free. So there's no excuse there. Or you can go down the coaching route and hire a coach and create an accountability system with them. What are the daily activities that you need to be doing in order to be successful? Whether that's, you know, the number of calls you're making a day, how many handwritten notes you're doing, your newsletter. There's so many activities that are kind of thrown at you as a new agent that you really need to figure out what items work for you, what kind of aligns with your passions. And then, like you said, consistency is key. So if you don't have that consistency and accountability of someone saying, hey, you know, you might have posted on social media for a week, but (laughs) you need to be doing it for two years. Like, And if you don't do it, I'm going to call you out on it. So I would say, number one, find a mentor or find a coach. I think the second piece of advice would just be what I mentioned for myself is if you are a new agent, you need to be getting I I always recommend, I mean, we're obviously coming out of the pandemic when working from home kind of became the norm and a lot of agents and a lot of companies are kind of transitioning to back into the office. But I always say, if you can get into an office and have a dedicated workspace, make sure you're the first one there and the last one to leave. You need to be putting yourself on a regimen and a schedule that is going to be difficult. And there's always something that you can be doing. A lot of agents that are new are saying, well, I don't have clients yet, so I don't really have anything to do. Ugh, well, go yes. take classes. Go yes. you know, take as many classes as you can. Talk to successful brokers. And, you know, ask, I used to ask brokers, the top 20 brokers in my market out to coffee and just say, look, I'm only going to take 15, 20 minutes of your time. But if you were speaking to yourself as a new agent, what would you recommend doing? And some agents, you know, I would get really ridiculous answers that were not helpful, but others gave me some of the best pieces of advice that I ever got. (laughs) So 
there's always something you can be doing to better your business and better yourself. And you have no excuse about, I don't have clients yet. Well, yeah, yeah that's, you need to be doing things to get that's clients. Because you're sitting on your couch, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that you said that I just had a solo episode come out on August 19th. We're here at the end of August for our episode. Uh-huh. And I just had one come out that said the title was get out of your house and how to get out. I so love it's that. So funny that you're saying this right as that episode comes out. That's it, amazing. So true. And I said it on that episode, but you can't sit home, right? Me just sitting here at this desk. Oh, Got no bit like you. Yeah, go find it, right? Exactly. I think I said on that episode, go sit at Starbucks with your realtor shirt on and your logo, and drink your coffee, and just get stuff done. And someone's going to talk to you about real estate. It's gonna like stuff. That's what an agent told me. Actually, she said I used to. She said I used to bring my computer that had like a big Live Sotheby's sticker on it. Yeah. She said I'd sit at Whole Foods in the wealthiest neighborhood in Denver, and I would literally try and interact with as many people as I could. One of the things that I used to put on, I have what's called a greatness tracker. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Guys, I had to run across my room (laughs) and show her my laptop with the logo that says realtor on it. Brilliant. It's brilliant because you know how many conversations you can spark just by someone seeing that real estate sticker or seeing the live Sotheby sticker or seeing my compass sticker on my computer you know, it's such a great talking point. And I used to have it, I have what's called a greatness tracker and it tracks the activities that I'm doing every day and every month that I, you know, I need to be doing in order to be successful. And it's funny because one of the things that my business partner and I would do is have on our schedule once a week that you need to go to a different restaurant's happy hour, sit at the bar and talk to three different people. And honestly, we would meet some of the most incredible human beings, make the coolest relationships. And we're just growing our sphere, growing our network in such an authentic way, because it wasn't just going to a networking event and handing out your card and making it so you're not actually engaging with people. It's just how many cards can I hand out? It was how can I build relationships with new people because I'm in a new industry where I don't have a ton of contacts and I want to meet people. So figuring out, you know, you can get so creative with how you're spending your time as a young agent. So think outside the box. Think again about what your passions are. If you love rock climbing, join a rock climbing gym or a club and make friends with everyone there Mm -hmm. and maybe have a real estate t-shirt on. It's constantly going to be the, oh, what do you do? Well, uh, look at my t-shirt. Like I'm a real estate agent. (laughs) Or hey, I see your t-shirt. You must be a real estate agent. Like, tell me about that. There's so many different ways to connect with people that are just like you and that enjoy the same things as you do. And then that makes your business fun. You're working with people that have similar interests as you. And that's where real estate becomes not just a job, but a career that you love and something that you're passionate about. So find what it is that you're passionate about. Hold yourself accountable and disciplined and be consistent. Do it every week. Do it every day if it needs to be done. Hold yourself to a high standard, because if you do that, you can find success. This is so good. And I know agents are going to love it. So thank you so, so much for your time. As we close out again, thank you very much. Tell us so people are going to want to connect with you or hear more about your story. And I'll make sure all this goes in the show notes as well. Where can they find you and connect with you? 
Thank you. Well, first of all, I'm so thankful to have been on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm just so grateful. I had a great conversation. And for all you listeners out there, you can find me on Instagram. It's a great way because it's got my website and everything on it. And that is just Athena Brownson Realtor. And I will spell that because it's a long one. It's A-T-H-E-N-A-B-R-O-W-N-S-O-N-R-E-A-L-T-O-R. So you can find me on Instagram and that's got my website, all my contact information, email, phone number all that good stuff. So would love to connect in any way possible. <laughs> You're awesome. Thank you for your time. Right. Thanks for sharing your journey. And just, I love connecting with people that are helping other realtors. So thank you for what you're doing for our industry to connect with people and Anytime. help people there in the area. <laughs> Thanks for being on and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Athena as much as I enjoyed talking to her. Athena was an amazing guest. I'm super just excited for what she's building there in Colorado with her real estate business and all the people she is helping. As we close out a few takeaways, I love, you know, when when we were just talking at the beginning about her skiing journey, I love how she talked about you know, her coach and how the coach is the person that you have to be accountable to. The coach sees the blind spots and you need to be willing to be coachable. I thought it was very cool and a a good picture, like a mental picture for us to think about in our own, you know, businesses, how the coach sees the bird's eye view. The coach can say, Hey, you need to improve this. Hey, you're not doing this. You know, especially in skiing, if you take, you know, a turn the wrong way or too tight or, you know, too wide or something like that, you lose, you know, little tenths of seconds, which seems so silly, but it is so huge in the sport. So I love the point she made about being coachable, a coach seeing your blind spots. And I think that's huge for realtors to have a coach or go and get one. As we continue talking about her skiing journey, my second takeaway was just how much she skied. And she shared how she skied 300 days a year. She shared, you know, Switzerland, California, where she would go, North America. And she skied about 100 hours a week. Now, that's on top, right, at her age of being in school. I could not imagine But I love the lesson there of the sport and the competitive nature and how it relates to real estate, but just how much work goes into being a successful skier. And I love how she kind of said, you can do this, you can do hard things. And sometimes she didn't feel like getting out of bed or doing, you know, going to ski that day, but she was committed to it. And I love the commitment and drive. And I think it's a huge lesson for realtors. That's the kind of commitment and drive necessary to become successful in real estate. So my third takeaway was, you know, just how she talked about, you know, really, again, doing anything you can to learn and grow. You know, at the beginning, she talked about having a coach. And then as she closed out, her piece of advice was like, get a mentor, get a coach, have an apprenticeship, whatever it is, whatever you have to do, do it and learn. And I did some of these things in in my business and I encourage new realtors and people in the membership, people on the, the team to do some of these things. But I love how she talked about like, be willing to, you know, find a realtor that's crushing it. Like, I want to be like them. 
be willing to do stuff for them, run CMAs for them, do showings for them, open houses, ask them to follow them along for a day. I love that. So, you know, and again, if you want to be successful, okay, find someone that's successful and follow what they're doing. So, Guys, thanks for listening. This episode was a ton of fun. Her energy, her passion for what she's doing is just super exciting. And just like, you know, and like I said, all the things she has been through, all the health scares and, you know, multiple ACL injuries, right? All this stuff. I, I could not imagine being, you know, that committed, but I'm I'm so proud of the work she's done. I'm amazed at how she's done it. Um, And it was just cool to talk to her and hear more of her journey. So I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you found it helpful. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode and the interview. And I'll see you guys very soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode.